0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jordan Anderson. Welcome to the podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about five marketing strategies that every D.C. restaurant can use. I think they need to use them now. So whenever I'm looking for restaurants in D.C., I go to Google Maps, I go to Yelp, and yes, I'll look at the menu, yes, I'll look at the pictures, but i also look at their website, see how they kind of broadcast themselves, see how they're marketing themselves, see what the design of the website looks like. Um, And here are some things I was like, hmm... Like, these, these five things, these restaurants could probably be using. So, I want to go through these kind of in listicle style, uh, and we'll just deep dive on each topic, starting with the first one. First one is Instagram influencers. So, Instagram influencers have been around for several years. The Instagram influencer is just our modern version of the celebrity endorsement. It's a really great way to find, and if, especially if you can find local DC Instagram influencers to really shed some light on your restaurant or shed light on uh, if you have an event coming up at your restaurant or some kind of new, some new event, some you're, it's a grand opening of a restaurant, to really get involved with a small influencer or a local influencer or what they even call a micro-influencer, which is an, which is an Instagram influencer that is probably under let's say under 5,000 followers, like they're not over 10,000 followers, they're not 20, they're not 50, they're not charging you thousands of dollars a day to show up and uh, do it, do what it is that they do. So an Instagram influencer, whether they're a photography influencer, whether they do food blogs, or if they write their own blogs, say they're like a lifestyle or fashion blog, them making an appearance at your restaurant, them taking pictures of the food, doing Instagram stories, all of that, all that is just exposure It's up to the influencer and you, the restaurant, to kind of decide what the deal should be. So it can be as simple as just like an invitation and say, hey, we're having a grand opening at our restaurant or we're doing this new thing on Sunday. Uh, You should come by. Uh, We'll give you a free meal or we'll give you a free appetizer or we'll give you some kind of free drink. I don't know. And if they're small enough, they'll sometimes just be flattered that you reached out and said and you recognize that they kind of exist on the Internet And they'd be cool with that. they like, yeah, like, yeah, I'll come by, I'll do Instagram stories. Now, if you get into larger Instagram, if you get larger Instagram influencers, you will find that there is more of a formal deal that you have to make. You have to uh, actually pay money or you have to have some sort of like formal structured uh, deliverables that you have to give them or that they need to know that they need to give you. So, you know, they may say, I need a thousand dollars and I, but and you'll be like, wait, what? $1,000 for the day? And you're like, yeah, I have 100,000 followers, I have 50,000 followers, I want 1000 bucks. And with that, you will get 10 Instagram stories, you will get one picture post, you will get tagged in my stories, you'll get tagged on the pictures. So they'll use their Instagram account as sort of real estate, so you as a restaurant just have to negotiate with the influencer on what it is that you want to do. Do you want them to make a full video? Do you want them to do just a photo? Do you want them to do a series of photos? Do you want them to make an appearance? Do you want them to take a picture of the food? So all that is just a conversation between you and the influencer deciding what it is that you want to achieve. And you can have, as a restaurant, you can have a lot of creative control and say, we want this specific thing for you to do and we'll pay for it. Or you can kind of back off as the restaurant say, we just want you to come, have a good time, make content that's natural to your page and that makes sense for your audience, and you know we'll comp your meal, we'll give you gift cards, whatever. There's all sorts of ways you can hack it. There's all sorts of deals you can come to, um, but the first one and probably the most important one is influencers. And again, let me kind of let me let me emphasize a little bit about. Uh, finding micro-influencers and finding local influencers. Because if you just get someone big and broad who's just going to come from L.A. or New York City, they're not going to have as much of a local feel or not going to have as much as a, like, niche uh, approach. Like, it's not going to be as effective as you want it to be because you want the people that are in D.C. that follow D.C. culture to know about your restaurant and to know that, yes, they follow the D.C. food blogs, they follow the D.C. fashion and lifestyle influencers, and now they're at your DC restaurant and so now here here you are. And I'm just making and I'm making this specific to DC because that's where I live, but uh, you can apply this to any city in America or the world. Some practical tips if you don't know how to find an in- Instagram influencer or you have no idea like what uh an Instagram influencer is. Here's what you do. Number 1, go to Instagram uh, find food bloggers in your space. So go to the magnifying glass on Instagram and type in hashtag DC food or hashtag food blogger or hashtag DC food blogger, just for an example. Uh, direct message those accounts, email them, reach out to them, invite them to your restaurant, negotiate the terms, and then repeat the process uh, as many times as you want or whatever your budget, your marketing budget calls for. Tip number two: Yelp and Google Maps. So. Like I said, when I, my go-to search patterns for DC restaurants or restaurants in general is Google Maps or Yelp. And sometimes I'll use both simultaneously or just use one or the other. So as a restaurant, you have to have both. And you have to have like a really, really robust, filled out, completed profile on both of these accounts. Because sometimes when I'm looking, if I go to your restaurant and I check out your Yelp page and I find that the pictures are bad, or I can't read the menu, or I don't know how much things cost, or I don't know exactly where to find your place, I'm probably not going to go to your restaurant. Or you're going to become number two on the list or number three on the list until I find a restaurant that I can actually see what the food looks like, I can hear about what the food looks like by just reading uh, the reviews, I can see the price, I can see the menu, I can see the atmosphere, I can see the actual location, I can see directions to the location. All of that is... Super important. Put your restaurant on Yelp. Put your restaurant on Google Maps. Fill out everything. Take a lot of pictures of everything. Like, I sometimes find that the more pictures you have on your Yelp page or your Google Maps page... Uh, whether or not it's that good or, like, you have just, like, kind of, you have just an okay restaurant, I find that the more pictures you have, the more I'm kind of, like, delving into the restaurant. I'm able to kind of, like, maybe convince myself that this is a good restaurant, whether or not it's, like, a three-star four-star or or five-star review. Um, if you just have two pictures or you just have three pictures or four or five, I'd say, like, if you have anything under ten, it starts to get a little weary because it's, like, I don't, like... Are they inactive on here? Are they open? Like, when was the last time they made food? Uh, On the profile, make sure it's completely filled out. Address, times, price range, and then have at least 10 photos. If not, 10 photos for every category. 10 for the location, 10 for the menu, 10 for the food, 10 for the drinks. If you link your website into those uh, Yelp pages or Google Maps pages, make sure your website is mobile-friendly and make sure... like. (laughs) <laughs> make sure it's mobile friendly. Uh, cause I'll go to that and I'll look at the, y'all look at the website and it's crap or I can't see, or it's like, just like the, the formatting isn't quite right. Cause it's not mobile friendly. Uh, that can, that's not a good experience. Uh, create a Yelp account, create a Google map account. Uh, and you, you can find all this in the blog. So I give kind of like step-by-step details. Number two, fully and completely fill out, the details of your profile. Number three, take some clear, legible photos. No dark photos, no blurry photos, no, like, f- crappy flash on your iPhone photos. Like, take some bright, clear, understandable photos. They don't even have to be pretty, necessarily. They just have to be, like, I have to understand exactly what I'm seeing. Like, I can't, like, what is that? Is, oh, what You know, like, is that a steak? What am I looking at? Um, number four. Get really detailed with the metadata. Food genre, reservation process, directions, description, pricing. The more specific, the better. If I know more about this restaurant, I can better convince myself in my head that this is a restaurant that I want to go to because they take the care to fill out this information. So maybe they'll take care with the food that they're going to give me. And number five, continue to update these profiles regularly. Take photos all the time. Update uh, holidays. Update and like take photos. Just yeah. Keep it updated all the time. Number three, and we've already con- and this kind of goes with the Google Maps and and Yelp thing, but photo content food is should not only taste good but it should look good. And not only should it look good but it should look good in a photograph. Take photographs of your dish as they st- at like right as you're finished plating that dish. Take a picture. Have a little photo stand. Have a little studio foot like a little photography. Have a camera handy that can take a picture, a quality picture of the dish right as it's, it's about to go out. Or dedicate an entire day you know, before the restaurant opens that morning, make a couple dishes and get a nice camera and get it by a window and take some nice photos of your dishes too. Just have that content, whether it's on your Facebook page or your Instagram page or, go th- like I said, throw it back on your Yelp or Google Maps page. Have really, really, really solid photo content. Um hiring a, a professional photographer is the next logical step. I'd say. Chefs, you know, chefs may know how to plate it properly. They may know how to make the food look good visually, but when it comes to maybe the photo, the photography techniques, that may be a little off. So it, if you need to hire an expert, an expert photographer to come in, uh, I would recommend finding a local photographer who does some food or has some experience in food photography and let them come in and kind of work with their dishes and kind of bring out what you were intending it to look like. Uh, Oh, and if you are going to hire a photographer or some kind of content creator, pay them. Like, don't just say we'll give you, you know, just... Don't say we'll, like, we'll give you exposure or we'll, like, tag you. Pay them with food. Pay them with... Just pay them. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what to do. Step one, with photos. Take a bazillion photos of every dish on the menu. Number two, understand the hashtag game on Instagram. What hashtags are relevant to your genre of food that you're serving and the local area find that out Uh, number three start relationships with local photographers have a a just a round carousel of photographers that you can call on have eight to ten photographers who you can always call on to stop by take some photos just like you know come, come hey can you stop by for an hour take some nice photos whatever like have don't just have one photographer have several tip number four And this one's going to be a little technical, so hope you're sitting down and have a pen and paper. Step number four is Facebook and Instagram paid ads, better known as dark ads back in the day. Uh, These are ads. These are not boosted posts. These are not sponsored posts. These are Facebook ads manager page ads that you paid for. So... Yeah, so you—if you're unfamiliar with this—you can just boost the post or just say promote for one day for five dollars. But what that does is just kind of gives you like a broad, general boost. Like it kind of—it just—it's not really targeted. What it is is just kind of like Facebook and Instagram are just kind of guessing, making a really good guess on who you think would see this, and they're just kind of increasing the views on the photo. They're not really like picking a specific person or a specific targeted local area that you're trying to pick. Uh, They're just kind of increasing it to your other followers that it didn't show in the first place. So that's what I mean. So that's why you want to go into the Facebook ads manager. So you just Google that or just go to Facebook. It's kind of, I'm not exactly sure where to find it on Facebook, but the easiest way would just be to Google Facebook ads manager. And it's like, I think it's facebook.com slash business slash tools slash ads hyphen manager. That's the, that's the Facebook, and you need a Facebook business profile, but if you're a restaurant, you probably already have that created, um, and then you'll need to link up a credit card because you get to put some money into it to actually pay for these ads. So these ads are kind of set up based on a custom audience, geography, uh, your customer's interest, website activity, marketing budget, and creative post. This sounds overwhelming, but kind of once you get the hang of it, it's actually a pretty simple process and kind of intuitive process. And it's kind of on Facebook and Facebook kind of takes on this challenge to help you walk through the ad. So if you've never done an ad, it it carefully, slowly explains to you what you're doing or what goal you should have. It starts with like, what kind of goal do you want? Do you want uh, this to reach a broad audience? Do you want to just increase your video views? Do you want this to go to website traffic? Do you want to make a sale? Do you want people to buy your product? It'll ask all those questions uh, and you just kind of choose which... Targeted goal you want, and then from there it'll ask, it'll prompt you for the next thing, uh, and that will be building your custom audience. So, your custom audience can be super, 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 super niche. Like, Facebook Ads Manager is the greatest ads product in 2019, what in 2018, in 2020, probably. It's the greatest, most targeted piece of ad product that you can buy that you can use to specifically target someone. I I tell people that all the time, and I feel like people just go, uh uh-huh. oh really, okay, well, you know they don't really act on it. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a really good ad product, and that sounds nerdy. Just saying, oh, it's good, it's a good ad product. But if you really want to target somebody, and hit them with the right message, this is how you do it, at the most cost-effective way to do it. Okay, so what do you do? Okay, so th- this is this gets a little complicated. So you need to go to Facebook Ads Manager again. There's a link in the show notes. This if you can find this on the blog. Uh, here's step number 1, Facebook Ads Manager. Number 2, create a campaign, select number 3 is select your objective. So you want reach, you want website traffic, you want sales, video views, whatever your goal is, choose that objective. Number 4 is select your budget. So you can have the option to do a daily budget like $5 a day, $2 a day, $10 a day. Or you can have the option of doing a lifetime budget like we want to spend $300 on this campaign and once we've hit $300, the ads stop running. And as you're selecting your budget, Facebook will kind of give you an idea of like based on your audience that you've built that, the you know, obviously the more money you spend, the more people it's going to reach. Uh, so if you spend, so it it will tell you that. Number five is to narrow down your audience. It's don't just say 18 to 65-year-olds, male and female living in the D.C. area. Uh, you really want to select like who you really think your best customer is or who you think like uh, a potential customer that you want to target or that you want to attract more of. Uh, I would really like break those down. Age, gender, interest, websites they visited, online behaviors that they've done, income level, education, levels there's a lot of like specific targeted life facts about people that you can that you can target inside Facebook Uh, so if you're trying to attract the right type of person let's say you have a luxury restaurant it's very high end uh, and you want to attract high income earners with a lot of you know with high educations uh, then you can do that inside Facebook. Uh, The next part is to create your post so once you've made that photo content that we were talking about earlier You can use those photos in a Facebook ad and bring people into the fold on Facebook. Um, And then the last part is just to run the campaign. Like a lot of people will make all this stuff. They'll figure it out. They'll get really motivated. They'll add some money. They'll link up their credit card. They'll put in Facebook photos and get the copyright. And then they never run it or they run it for a week or, they, you know, Actually, give us a try. Test it out. Actually, Facebook has improved itself so that you can kind of like load up five to ten photos on there and it will help you kind of choose based on performance, which is actually the best, highest performing photo. So you don't have to like find the one photo that's the best. You can just say, here's ten photos, Facebook, Um, figure out which one people actually respond to and just serve up that photo more than the others. Um, And it will do that automatically. Number five is video content. It's really easy to make photos. It's really easy to write blogs. It's it's even fairly easy to make a podcast. Um, But when it comes to videos, people just either are doing vertical videos on Instagram story or they're doing like really bad horizontal video on their phone and they're adding kind of okay music and it's just not really coming off as like a really good video that kind of tells their story. It's just, it's, it's very micro content. So if... And like, and you know, and to say to add a video or like let's make it a full fledged video or a mini documentary or a chef's table type documentary on top of the workload that many marketing teams already are experiencing. Say like to just make the content for photos and and a couple blog posts every now and then and just to keep up with all these social media accounts, and then to on top of that, say, let's make a documentary. It it seems impossible for these marketing teams, and I understand that. Video is very much an investment. So if you're going to actually invest the time into making a video and make it worthwhile and make it really good, then it's actually going to pay off because it's going to captivate more people than it would just a photo or just a simple blog post. A video actually grabs people's intentions and makes you say, watch this video. You're going to love it. You know, you want to break the pattern. Like people are scrolling, you want the video to be loud, attractive. You want it to just really, just kind of grab your attention, just like that. Um, you know, when people are just mindlessly scrolling through the feed. what video also does uh, that photo can't exactly do, or a blog post can't exactly do, is you're able to tell kind of a, you're able to tell a deeper story with the restaurant, or the origin story of the restaurant, or the chef's story or the story behind the food, or the farmers, or the source of the food. You're able to tell a much deeper and richer story that the audience can feel like they can really wrap their hands around. Um, they can understand a lot more, and they can feel like they have a, a better grasp and a, and a deeper understanding of who you are as a restaurant um, through video than just, say, a photo campaign, or a blog campaign, or you know an email newsletter, they are actually able to kind of sit down and understand who you are as a restaurant. Some interesting video examples when it comes to food, and, you know, we can talk about how, like, DC restaurants can maybe implement this. Uh, Bon Appetit on YouTube is killing it for food content. And, of course, the prime example is uh, Chef's Table on Netflix. Uh, Fuck That's Delicious on HBO, where they're just going to take, like, fun food you know it's very like travel channel formula I call it where you have the host visiting a restaurant talking with the chef understanding their process and then of course eating the food and showing off the food um, but what they do is they tell very rich stories over months and months uh, and you really start to build a connection with your audience like one video is great but 10 more videos behind that where you're able to show off the chef's personality the restaurant's personality And feel like you have a deeper understanding as an audience member uh, before even visiting the restaurant. Like you feel like you personally know exactly what you're going to get there. So, what to do? So, step number one: uh, in between photos of food, switch to video mode, go to IG story mode, and record some videos. Yes, earlier I was just knocking the whole like bad iPhone video or the vertical video, but if you use but uh, like I can't knock that because video content of any kind. Uh, is great for your restaurant, so yeah, get out the IG stories, go vertical with it, and just start recording video like you know, mess around in the kitchen. Uh, if it's a you know a great dish that's about to go out, take some video of that, show the audience what's going on. Uh, number two is experiment. I'm kind of already talked about this experiment with telling a food central story, and then even go to like a people centric story. so like you're following this story of the food. Where how it got there, where the ingredients were sourced from, and then you can tell a story about the people behind the food. Who's making the food? Why are they making the food? How do they get into the restaurant business? How do they get into uh, being a culinary chef? You know all that stuff. Like how did they did they go to culinary school? Like find out all that stuff through video storytelling. Number three would be reach out to a professional filmmaker, local area. And get them involved and try to help develop a story with the filmmaker so that they can uh, tell a professional story that is able to, you know, it's able to tell a little deeper and more polished video. You're able to tell a deeper and more polished story uh, with a professional filmmaker than just you and your team. Uh, Number four, work work with them. And also, like, when you're working with a professional video, team or solo filmmaker or cinematographer, uh, you want to develop a video strategy, too. You don't just want to make videos for the hell of it. You actually want to have some kind of like content strategy behind it, like, we're going to make this, you know, whether it's a strategy around the series of videos or the one video that you're going to make, but understanding, like, what this video or what you hope this video will do or hope this video campaign will achieve, like, what goals do you want to achieve with video? Understand all that. Uh, So, have a strategy. Number five is start producing food content on a regular basis or, you know, or at least one episode, something like get in the habit, get in the habit of making videos, you know, take some creative risk in trying to uh, connect with your customers, turn the camera on yourself, talk about yourself, talk about your origin story uh, as a chef, as a restaurant owner, as a team, like let's show some personality here. Uh, and then finally, step number seven, don't lose the we are a DC media brand mindset. Now, what does that mean? Uh, that just means you're, yeah, yes, you're a restaurant, but you're also a media company. Like you're a food magazine, you're a food television channel, you're a food photography art studio, you're all of those things at the same time. So yeah, so don't lose the, we are a a DC media brand mindset. Like you're a food magazine, you're a video studio, you're a food blog. You're all of those at the same time, and you're a restaurant. So it helps to have that mindset that you always need to be creating content. You need to be telling a better story. You need to be telling a more interesting story that attracts eyeballs, that attracts customers, and that just kind of reveals more and more of who you are, what you're about on a regular basis. So those are my five big marketing strategies that I think every DC restaurant and I think most restaurants in general can apply to. Um, they should be using, they should be exploring these options. Uh, Go back to listen to this episode if you miss anything or if you need to write something back, write something down. Uh, Again, you can find this blog on jordanpanderson.com slash blog, and you'll be able to read it so you can maybe follow along, listen to this episode again, and I've included some links in all these strategies so you can actually kind of do it yourself, find out more, Google things, and if you have any questions... You can DM me at Jordan P Anderson on Instagram, or you can go to jordanpanderson.com slash contact, reach out, let's have a conversation. If you want to talk on the phone about understanding these strategies more, or if something wasn't clear, let's talk. Let's get on the phone. Um, Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will catch you next time on the Jordan P. Anderson podcast.